Hello and welcome to the SJ Chronicles. It's 11.15 on Tuesday the 31st of October. I hope that your week has got, on, uh, got off to a great start. Uh, as expected, my end Sunday um, spent taking it easy, catching up on quite a lot of sleep um, after the last hectic uh, two weeks. Yesterday, Monday, um, just at home trying to get through a long list of things that got somewhat sidelined um, over the last couple of weeks and today is kind of much the same really um, planning to record a vet physio live podcast episode with Kim later on and we'll get that published um, and yeah meanwhile just carrying on with this and that I've got a CPD course to give um, on Thursday evening so I need to do a little bit of preparation for that um, in the UK, we have the BSAVA, which is the British Small Animal Veterinary Association, and they have lots of regions across the country, um, and each region offers its own series of CPD events. Um, so I'm going to be doing one for the southeast, a uh, couple of hours. Um, a bit of a sort of, I think the first hour kind of core principles around emergency and critical care, and then the second hour talking about some specific disorders. Um, again, not really trying to go into everything in a huge amount of depth. I've already sent them notes uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, so, you know, really just kind of relatively high level, hoping it'll be another interactive and engaging session of chatting to vets in practice, um, rather than too heavy on the detail, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I wanted to just uh, talk a little bit about you know, I often round off my seg my episodes by saying keep an open heart and an open mind. Um, and I wanted to just focus a little bit on the keep an open mind bit. Um, Layla actually sent me an article uh, over the weekend and had some qu there were some quotes in there that I've, a couple of them I've come across before. And the article was all about um, so-called peer-reviewed science. In essence, you know, there is this kind of narrative or there has been a narrative that science is supposed to be about doing good, about altruism, about helping humanity and helping mankind progress, advancement. Um, you know, but that it was a sort of a noble, a noble pursuit, as it were. Uh, and especially when we talk about healthcare-related science, that you know, doctors, vets, and and everyone else engaged in healthcare sciences just wants to help other people or help. Um, non-human animals um, <clears throat> and one of the aspects of this kind of traditional science has been so-called peer-reviewed literature and for those of you that don't know what that means essentially there are thousands of journals that publish papers and a lot of them um, have this kind of peer review process where essentially the idea is that you submit a paper for publication and the journal has it reviewed by a number of peers um, people that have experience, expertise and qualification in the field about which you are publishing your paper and they review it again supposedly impartially, review it for quality, um, methodology, conclusions etc and make a recommendation as to whether they think it's okay for publication, whether it needs to be amended in some way or whether it's you know so far removed from what they would expect that it needs to be rejected. Um, for a long time, and in certain journals, the, the peer review process was anonymous, so you had no idea who was reviewing your papers, um, and, you know, almost kind of like there was no process of appeal, really. <laughs> uh, 
and if a journal knocks back your submission then you have to move on to the next one and usually people try and start with the journal that has the highest what's known as impact factor um, the most popular the best known the ones that are considered the best quality uh, widest readership etc um, so that's the kind of peer review process in summary um, and this article was called what peer-reviewed science I'm gonna um, come back on the other side of this segment and talk in more detail about this and kind of why I wanted to bring it up today at all so I'll catch you after the interlude So um, <clears throat> a couple of things. One is I've been aware of a, a move among some journals to make their whole peer review process um, open and transparent and so you can see actually who has reviewed your submission um, and every paper that's published would have the peers listed, um, the reviewers listed. And um, the idea there is obviously to help with the transparency and conflicts of interest and so on. Um, the other thing is that in more recent times when we've got social media and more free open access education then one of the other things that's happening is that you know papers are undergoing a different kind of peer review if you like because yes they get published but then they get critiqued openly on the internet and um, that's another level of review if you like and there are examples of papers in very prominent journals um, that have had to be amended because of this public peer review process if you like um, where errors and so on were pointed out that had to subsequently be addressed. So there was some stuff going on in that regard. Um, but this um, paper that Leila sent me, there are a couple of quotes. One is um, from someone called Dr. Richard Horton, who at the time of this quote was the editor of The Lancet, which is one of the kind of most well-known human medical journals in the world. And he said, the case against science is straightforward much of the scientific literature, perhaps half, may simply be untrue. Afflicted by studies with small sample sizes, tiny effects, invalid exploratory analyses, and flagrant conflicts of interest, together with an obsession for pursuing fashionable trends of dubious importance, science has taken a turn towards darkness. So that's Dr. Richard Horton, 2015, then editor of The Lancet. Um, another one of the quotes that's in this uh, blog post is by somebody called Dr. Marcia Angel, who's a physician and longtime editor-in-chief of the New England Journal, uh, New England Medical Journal, again another very well-known prominent journal. It may even be the biggest impact factor journal in human medicine. And Dr. Marcia Angel said, to rely on the drug companies for unbiased evaluations of their products makes about as much sense as relying on beer companies to teach us about alcoholism. Um, and you know there's there's other things in this article that I could go into um, and I'm sort of cursing over some topics because of the brevity of these episodes but really the gist of this um, this blog post is to make the point that so-called science that's supposed to be impartial altruistic about um, you know helping the greater good helping humanity progress um, and so on is far far from that and yet many of us were brought up, I mean, I went through the process as with everyone else, right, to believe that journals are where it's at and peer review was entirely impartial and, you know, one of your greatest aspirations should be get, should be to get things published in peer-reviewed journals because that was some sort of a stamp on your 
individual ability. Um, indeed, I've reviewed some journal papers, um, much less so now than in the past, but you know, I've certainly been invited to take part more than once. Um, and so I guess the thing is, if we accept that we were brought up and conditioned to believe this about science and about peer-reviewed publications and so on, and then that is not what it actually seems, then I would like us to move on to say, well, what else is not what like is not what it seems. So back to this being open-minded. I mean, once you accept that there might be these fundamental, that there are these fundamental flaws in the narrative around science and publications and the bias and the vested interests and, and all of that, then, you know, why do you believe everything else you hear <laughs> um, from the media, for example, you know, uh, mainstream media tells you what they tell you. Well, how do you know it's it's true, in inverted commas. Uh, how do you know it's not unbiased and it's not full of vested interests? If even the scientists can be corrupted and biased and have vested interests and so on, then surely you need to accept the possibility, at least the possibility, I would argue, the almost certainty, or uh, you know, the very high probability stroke certainty, that a lot of what we've been taught and conditioned from a very young age is just simply not true. Um, and as I mentioned before, I spend, you know, any sort of time I have off nowadays is usually spent watching something or other that's alternate, providing a different narrative and, and evidence around the world in general. And I just think that many more people need to expose themselves and be open-minded about the possibilities that everything that we think we know is not true. Anyway, I'm going to um, catch you later on in the day, so enjoy the rest of the day and I'll speak to you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. So it's quarter to 10 p.m. I'm gonna see if I can uh, start trying to do these <clears throat> end of the day episodes a little bit earlier. Um, try and get into a bit more of an earlier to bed, earlier to rise type of routine. And we'll see how it goes. Um, certainly for most of my life, my natural cadence was to sleep late and get up late um, whenever it was up to me. Um, and yet I sort of feel like going to bed earlier and getting up earlier is a much better way to be. Um, although you can't really generalize, but um, anyway, we'll see. Um, I wanted to talk in this segment about suffering. And I know that that's a pretty bleak thing to say, but um, like it just seems to me that there seems to be a lot of suffering in the world. <clears throat> and we obviously have to um, take a step back even in a short period of time and sort of, you know, not generalize too much because you know on, on the one hand um, I think if you say suffering some people might think of poverty and hunger um, sort of basic needs not being met and there are millions billions of people in the world that are suffering from hunger and lack of basic needs being met um, and yet sometimes those people seem to be amongst the happiest in the world. Um, they don't have much in terms of materialism. Maybe their basic needs are just about being met and yet they seem to be quite happy. Not all of them, of course, and that's absolutely right. Um, but there also seems to be a lot of suffering in the more affluent parts of the world. Um, a lot of people, you know, don't seem to be happy, seem to be struggling with um, problems of the mind um, and you sort of have to ask yourself why now 
I'm not going to get into discussion about the veterinary profession, but if we talk about the veterinary profession briefly, then you know, I've mentioned before that it's um, the profession with the highest suicide rate, <clears throat> not to depression, addiction, and so on. And sure, the veterinary profession has its own specific set of circumstances that may be responsible for that. But I don't think it's wrong to say that just as a general baseline of the population in the so-called Western developed world, um, there's a lot of people that are not happy with their lives. Um, and you kind of have to wonder, or it's kind of interesting because on the face of it, they are people that are more affluent. Now, don't get me wrong, I fully appreciate there is abject poverty even in you know the developed countries, as it were. But there are many people who are not abjectly poor, um, whose basic needs are very comfortably met, who are very unhappy, um, and in that regard, suffering. Um, you know, and I think we sort of have to start to say, well, why? And, and I think one potentially very obvious explanation is that the way in which society, modern society has gone is just not natural. Um, it is not how we were meant to be this obsession with materialism and appearance and ego um, and power and all these kinds of things um, are not inherently natural to human beings and you know again I'm not going to go off on the tangent about it because I haven't got the time here but there is a certain portion of the world the people in the world who believe that this is not by accident and that actually we are all being orchestrated um, and manipulated by a small group of people who essentially run the world. Uh, whether that's the case or not, I, I do believe it is based on everything that I have spent my time researching in inverted commas, secondhand obviously, but um, there does seem to be a large amount of evidence. But whether that's the reason or not, it seems to me that modern society is not working. <laughs> this obsession that people have with all kinds of things and yet they're not happy. People turn to alcohol for stress relief, there's lots of problems of the mind, um, suicide rates, lots and lots and lots and lots of complaining. Um, something's gone astray, right? And, you know, um, I think again it's a bit like my have an open mind thing this morning, you know, that um, maybe you start viewing the world through a different lens and saying actually this is not how it was meant to be and the species is going astray down the wrong, wrong path. Um, that might be something that more of us need to do. Anyway, I'm going to catch you tomorrow, so in the meantime take chances, be compassionate, live in a beautiful state, have an open heart and an open mind.